But then I actually watched the footage of the campaign rally and I stopped I stopped laughing at that point. I was just sad. Oh uh, yeah. 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 We're just sad all the time now, aren't we? Yeah, pretty much. I just like we were talking just before we hit record. Hey, everybody, uh, geeky gossip, nerdy news, big damn cast. Hi, how you doing? I'm Chris. Oh, uh, Johnson. Uh, I'm Matt. That's all you're getting. And we were uh, chin wagging about the fact that, like, pop culture wise, not very much has happened this week aside from like a few date yeah. shifts and things like that. Uh, well, like, Tenet's been indefinitely delayed. That's the biggest pop because culture news b- before everybody, we, we record this. Yeah, everybody was so eager to see Tenet. Uh, if you want to <laughs> see Tenet early, guys, in, if, if, as far as anyone who's just interested by the concept, just watch the last fifteen minutes of Doctor Strange a few times. There you go. Oh, look, it's an action scene while time's moving differently. Oh, my God, how unique. It's oh, like it was no. never done before, except in the last 50 minutes of Doctor Strange. So just watch mm. that for a little bit. Just... But aside from that, the most significant pop culture news has been the stuff with Kanye West. And I'm like, oh, no, that just makes me so sad. I know normally we cover like, you know, movies and, and games, TV, but like. This is that thing where one one medium is invading another. It is a musician invading politics. But, like, after he did his campaign rally, because he's it, it, eligible to be voted for in, like, two states currently. He's yeah. missed the deadline in loads of other places. But this could still swing things to take votes away from, from other candidates. The fuck did um, they vote for Kanye West, though? Well, that's the Mind thing, you, people... we said that about Donald Trump, didn't we? True. People turned up to his rally. It was like 100 people. They had no PA system, so they weren't prepared. Um, and he just... He, he's clearly, like... He clearly sort of feels exploited, but he's also being further exploited by being allowed to do this. Um, the, the guy has bipolar. He's bipolar, and he's... Um, yeah, he's not well. Like, like he's he's, he's, well. he's been he's been talking about like shirking on his medication. He's been very confrontational to his family and and his wife on online the last week or two, um, namely to the momager of the whole Kardashian Jenner like monopoly, Chris Jenner. Yeah, um, his mother in law, and then um, as of today of recording this, he called his wife a white supremacist and said he was planning to divorce her on Twitter. Um, yeah, but the thing is, he has, he has, he has a couple of breakdowns at this rally. Like he, he a, a white girl in the crowd shouts him out. He gets her on stage and talks about how brave she is and gives her a hug. And then a black woman in the crowd, uh, shouts him out to correct him like the same way the white woman did. And he has the, he tries to get the crowd to berate her. And it's like, what is, I mean, what is going on? This is really weird. Um, and all this stuff. But it's one of those where it's like, you watch it and you go, right, there are two people I'm really mad at here. One, whoever should have stopped him. His I family, his managers. Any, there is anyone to stop him. I mean, that might be why it's such an underprepared like uh, campaign thing, or you know, no yeah. PA or anything, like because he's just he's just made it happen. Um, but like the people in his life who should be making sure that he is like getting the help he needs, 
is being told when to step down. Like what you're doing is wrong and harmful. Like you need to stop. Like he needs he needs yeah. some intervention. But also he's a grown ass man who's been dealing with his his conditions and his diagnoses for like a couple decades now. So he also needs to co- have responsibility for what he's doing. Because if he knows he behaves a certain way when he's not medicating, and he's happy to put himself out there for a political rally. Like he needs to hold himself responsible for that, surely. Yeah, it's di- it's difficult it, though once once you find yourself out of control. Yeah. To then get back into control of yourself without outside help. So yeah. I think that's probably what's happening. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not an expert by any means. No, true. Um, but it's but it's. <sighs> yeah, you, ha- you, ha- you have more, you have more of an insight than, than myself, for example. Like you know sort of more about yeah, like, yeah. You know, um, I mean, uh, meds for you know keep, keeping you like. Feeling chill and brain pills, keeping um, yourself. Yeah, brain, pill. brain pills, Ma- not the ones that mind uh, smarties. Paul Joseph Watson tries to sell you. Um, <laughs> not the ones you see on Infowars. Um, oh god, I know. But but like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those. You look at yeah. it, you go, I can't laugh at this because that'd be wrong. But I no. also can't take my eyes away from it because this might actually affect Western politics well, this like, year. The guy, the guy needs he he needs help. He needs yeah psychiatric help yeah and s- similar to the actual current president of oh, the united Jesus. states oh Manning don't worry is... this week he finally decided it's patriotic to wear a mask oh, god three months I... too late you big orange twat well we've got our Ooh. one on our own side of the pond doing the same fucking thing to be fair oh trying to sell off the nhs and oh. trying to delay the release of information from a russian dossier and just like oh my it's god just it's, it's it's exhausting it's exhausting can life get back to normal a primarily so like people stop dying and yeah. b so we can like go see some movies and talk about them please <laughs> That'd be i nice. don't know i've seen the release calendar i'm not too enthused but matt tenet is ah oh, no tenet the the uh the cornerstone of this year's cinema releases the thing I was really looking forward to is uh, oh wait no it... I, I I wasn't looking forward to it I didn't know it existed until six months ago is I know tenor... more about it since it's been delayed than I did before yeah. it was released isn't it it's a studio created hype machine mm. like I I give no shits about Tenet but I'm being told I should. And, you know, you also have people going, like, well, I love Chris Nolan films, and this is Chris Nolan's new film. It's like, cool, that's... Yeah, I get that. Like, people act like that around, like, Tarantino releases and Spielberg releases. Do you love Chris Nolan's films, though? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, that's the bit, thing. They are a bit cold. There's some there's some excellent movies in there. I, I can't deny that. I love The Dark Knight. I have a huge soft spot for The Prestige. Um, uh, Memento is pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to think, think of later just... ones that I might be into. Interstellar's pretty beautiful, but after I'd seen it once, I was like, I'm good. Inception? Right, I'm good. Yeah. I went to see that with my mate Tash. It was one of the few I times really like visited, visited me while I lived in London. We went to see Inception about 10 years ago, actually, this week. Wasn't it Inception 10 years ago this week? Uh, um, yeah, it might have been. Yeah, it was 2010. Yeah, and, and we went to see it, and it was just like, oh my God, it's really cool. We've never really hung out in London. This is awesome. Yeah, let's go see a film. Oh my God, let's go to Leicester Square and see a film. Oh, it's great. And then we came out we're like, yeah, it was all right. Anyway, should we go, go, go somewhere to eat? Just like, I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it, but I just, it wasn't like the world at that point had convinced me it was like a biblical experience. And I was just like, yeah, it was pretty cool. Right. I think I saw it a couple of times at the cinema, actually. <laughs> oh, I, I see. A lot. I see. I bet, I bet you've been counting down the days to 
tenant with tally marks on your thighs. <laughs> and now I'm running out of space because it keeps getting delayed. And my thighs are big. Yeah, you're like you're like a sharpie zaz. Yeah, you're just scrolling away, which is more of a zaz than the version that Nolan gave us in Batman Begins. Oh please, Victor's ass. Oh my god, really? Oh, he's just a he's just a guy with one tally tattoo on the back of his neck. Okay, cool. That's pretty yeah, unrealistic. We've got, a, we've got a good one in Birds of Prey. Yeah, which uh, on my stream this week, people were saying like it was a waste of him. It was a waste of Zaz that, and I was like, uh, I, I mean, it was, my well, my response was, was let's face it, Zaz is never going to be the main villain of any comic book movie. Yeah, ever. you're not going to get a, a a movie where Zaz is the is the primary antagonist, yeah, unless you're he, doing like super stripped back. Oh, it's Batman, but seven, like yeah, <laughs> detective. And let's face it, David Fincher... <laughs> but with tally marks instead of, with, instead of his thumbs ripped off. David um, Fincher is never going to direct a Batman movie, let's be honest. But, like, he was he was Zaz. He just was specifically early 90s Zaz. Yeah. Like, the slightly more slightly more flamboyant, you know, running around shirtless with, with his weird little domino mask eyeliner kind of thing, whatever that was meant to be. And his yeah. buzz cut, platinum blonde buzz cut. Like, it was that Zaz. It wasn't the Zaz of the last, like, 20 years. Who, let's face it, hasn't been in much. He's just... I can't. He got, he got really cool highlighting in the Arkham series of video games. And then Gotham did a version that was similar to that. And that's why people are like, oh, he's nothing like Zaz. It's like, no, he's just not like the two Zazes you're aware of. Like Honestly, I read, can't, read the I can't think of anything that Zaz played a major role in after Nightfall. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know he fair, rocked up in the New Fifty Two at some point because I remember. I mean, everything the rocked story up in the New Fifty Two at some point, and it was just like, mm. oh, the New Fifty Two that brought back my favorite Batman villain from the dead, uh, Arnold Wesker's ventriloquist. But the first you see That's of him true. is in the Dark Knight, I think, when everyone's roided out on Venom in that yeah, first storyline. Uh, and and yeah. Nightwing and Robin yeah, are like yeah. clearing it up a bit, and Nightwing is fighting a giant like hulking Wesker. Who is and they t- they draw it in a way where it's not explicitly graphic. Was it was it Tony Daniel? Was uh, Dark Knight, I think, was David Finch. Could no, David it Finch. was Tony Daniel. Yeah, because there was yeah. a, one that was before the New Fifty Two called Batman: The Dark Knight that was David yes. Finch. Yeah, and yeah. then they did Batman: The Dark Knight as one of the Batman family titles for New Fifty Two, and it wasn't David Finch. Oh yeah, because was, though... ba- was it Batman: Dark Knight? Because it was like that stylized. No, it was, it was the title. Dark Knight. It was the Dark Knight. Uh, the, oh, they, used the, they used the same title treatment, that was it, wasn't it? it yeah. was the same like logo design. They went, we'll just put that on the New 52 Despite one. Despite the David Finch one even get, like, getting for, like, five issues before the New 52 came in. God. It was like Batman like, Incorporated. Just... Like, Batman Incorporated carried on a little bit after the New yeah. 52 started. Yeah. And it was like one of the only books that didn't have the New 52 emblazoned on the cover for a bit. And then they did bring it into the New 52, like two or three issues in. They were like, fuck it, number one. New Fifty Two. I like, think. Huh. I think what they did but, was, but it was I, like if, still canon. I think with the original if, one. It was, if memory recalls, they didn't do it immediately. Yeah. But then they did. When they did bring it back, it was like a New Fifty Two, but a mini series. Yes. So I think it still yes. had the New Fifty Two branding, but it wasn't one of the Fifty Two titles. They did uh, that with yeah. a couple of minutes. Because I think they did a Penguin mini series that was the same or something like they that. Did, they did two arcs. Under the New Fifty Two um, yeah. design, uh, Demon Star is the first one. Uh, I can't uh, but they, the name of they the second did the, one from here, they did the yeah. um, 
Leviathan strikes like double size one shot before that to bridge the gap, yeah. didn't it? I think. Yes, which is reprinted in the first New Fifty Two hardback. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Because I was, looking, I was, I was like, I was, of, of I was like, Stephanie I'm sure Brown behind, not being. I'm sure I have it behind me anymore. on my shelf. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Stephanie Brown. Oh, because after retcon all that shite. Yeah, they had but, to retcon her back into spoiler. So, so Dark Knight brings Wesker back briefly, and just as one of the villains breaking out, he's all venomed up, and they draw it really sort of tastefully. So there's no violence, even though the implication is horrible. He's fighting Nightwing, and he has like a cop on his arm. Oh his yeah, hand, yeah, yeah. Like a ventriloquist doll. It's yeah. like, oh, that's messed up. And I then, thought he was used. Um, that's kind of it. Then we don't see him again until Tom King. I thought he was used quite well in the Tom King arc that he pops up in. I am Bane. I quite liked that. Yeah, I quite yeah. liked that. that um, but it, that but again, doesn't give me doesn't give me what I want, which is Scarface, ventriloquist, and Scarface. I mean, Scarface yeah. makes an appearance in that story. Yeah, just not as a dummy, just as a hand punching Psycho Pirate out, <laughs> which is a great moment. I love it. Like, how do you? How does Batman apprehend a villain who can control your sort of emotions, like on an extreme level, when you get close to him, just by telling you how scared you are and how f- frightened you are? You send him somebody who's already got a voice in his head telling him what to do, who won't stand <laughs> for someone else bossing him around. It's like, what a great idea! Yeah, I thought that was um, a really neat use of him. Um, uh, that was like the last thing in the King run where I went, that's cool. Then after that, I was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not vibing this. I'm, and then I got to the war jokes and riddles and I went, one day I'll pick this all up on reduction, but I don't want to read any more right War now. of jokes and riddles is too fucking long. It's just boring. It too it's fucking boring. long. It's just like, it's so boring because it's like, it's meant to be set early in Batman's career. It's, it's meant to be it's like, like the, post zero year. Yeah. It's like his second encounter with Riddler. Yeah, and yet when him and Joker go to war, they recruit like every villain under the sun. You're like, mm. has Batman dealt with all of these people already? Like, what? Ivy's here, Bane's here. Like, really? It's odd. It's. I odd. also hate it when people go, "Oh, in this one, the Joker's sad." It's like, <laughs> why? The Joker's why? Just not joking. Just because Dark Knight Returns did a cool thing with that of him being just sort of born catatonic, because when Batman went away, he was basically he basically handed himself in and was just quiet and yeah not reacting to anything, and then he gets a whiff halfway through that book of Batman being back, and he just starts smiling at the TV in the rec room, and you're like, oh, that's chilling. That is a chilling use. That of man, the Joker, not smiling, dying. dying. So good. Um, and then, and then, All Star Batman and Robin are like we're going to do something with that, and then they never get anywhere with it. Um, Remember when they did that animated adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, and it wasn't very good. I quite it, like, like it. it took, I don't know. It, it took like the most cinematic and expressive moments of the comic, and ga- and giving them motion made them feel flatter and less vital. Its biggest flaw is dropping the, the inner monologue, removing the inner narration, the Batman's narration, because that is such an important part of the structure and the tone of that story, uh, like the way it mm. flows, the pacing, but also just that repeated thing of like, it, it, especially in the first half where it's like Batman is trying to break out of Bruce Wayne. Like, Bruce yeah. Wayne is one thing, and it's gnawing away at him in ways he doesn't even realize. 
Like the narration yeah. does such a great job. This is a book. By the way, boys and girls, this is a book from back when Frank Miller wasn't, you know, nuts. Um, Although the the signs are there, the signs are there, but at this point they're kind of contained in this thing he's clearly thought about for a I, long time and, and has thought of the structure of and how it would sell as a book and how I was given would enjoy it progressing. I was given <laughs> a copy of Dark Knight Three. The Master Race. Oh, Jesus. And I've still not got more than about 50 pages into it. It's just nonsense. I just... Oh, God. It's really bad. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And what sucks is how some of the stuff is lumped into the same continuity. It's yeah. really weird. Year One is it's... apparently the same continuity. Sure, I buy that. Sure, there's a couple book-ended things here. It's the story of his first like you know year. It's the story of his... Eventual think, return after he's apparently gone. The Selena stuff is bookended, like her early life and her later yeah. life. Like, I think okay, year one sure. is one of those things where it's it's you can it's sort of self-contained enough to work as an origin story for pretty much any version of Batman. Yeah, yeah, right. but like, but like the subtle signs are there. Yeah, yeah. That when you read Returns, you go, "Oh, it's that. Oh, they're paying that off. Oh, it's this." But obviously, in reverse, and it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then All Stars part of it, and then yeah. Dark Knight and Strikes Star Again, is... and Three the Master yeah. Race is part of it. Dark Knight Strikes Again is awful. <laughs> it's so, but it's not like it's not just bad; it's spectacularly bad. Like t- to the point where you're just like, how? How did the same person write this? Hey Matt, Plastic yeah. Man's a cannibal for reasons. <laughs> remember, remember that. Remember that? <sighs> Remember how Wonder Woman God. spends the whole story just walking around going, men, men are <laughs> fucking pigs. And that's all she does in the book. That's do you think, all she does. Do you think oh Frank Miller's God. got some internalized hatred? Some. 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 Internalized self-loathing. One cannot um, merely quantify Frank Miller's inner demons with just some. Right, Frank oh Miller's got some inner demons. I was just joking with that pronunciation of demons then, but it's demons. just reminding me. We started Warriors of the Deep this week. Oh! Because we we hate ourselves. Oh! Uh, and our Doctor Marathon, oh! we, on, su- on Sunday, on Sunday we made a meal out of uh, the five doctors. And <laughs> yeah, and I then, mean, there's enough tune of the scenery going on. <sighs> the five doctors, you might as well join in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then on Tuesday night went... Go on, we'll start. Where is the deep? Solid. Let's keep. We're on momentum. Let's do it. This hasn't been Lucy's favorite era in the marathon, so let's let's get. You need momentum to get through Warriors of the Deep. It's an uphill fucking struggle. I I I I let her know ahead of time. This is bad. It's got some really nice sets, but it's bad. Um, it's oh, got the what? It's got the one clip in it that made not yet director general but soon to be director general michael grade go i'm gonna yeah. cancel this show when i get I'm the chance can- i hate this show so much i'm gonna cancel it i it's literally I like the shot of Warriors it's the, the shot deep, of the murker attacking the good. scientist in the corridors it's just yeah, the most painful bad. thing it's bad it's so bad i know you like it but you also um, I like, like it, but... you also like murderers and and um exploding children so that's you know. not true no, that's not true. That's not true. You, you like it when a thing shaped like a child explodes. It doesn't yeah. have to be a child. Yeah, could be yeah. a pinata not... full of firecrackers that's shaped like little orphan Annie. <laughs> um, but in the first you. episode, in the first episode, what are the what are the? I can't remember his name now. But the other guy who's a double agent, the bloke, not the lady. 
um, refers to someone's death as their demise. Demise! Ah! It's just like, his demise was an unfortunate... Uh, it's like, sorry, did he just... Shut the fuck up, did he just say demise? Like, um... And no one corrected him. Or went again. He said demise! That's demise! like in um, Horror of Fang Rock. With Tom Baker talking about the chameleon effect. Yeah, the root and being able to change shapes, like no, 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 Tom, it's, it's chameleon, it's chameleon, Tom, chameleon. But to be fair, this is also Tom, and it was probably a creative decision on his behalf. I'm just like, I would I say mean, chameleon because chameleon is chameleon is bo- boring and earthly, but chameleon oh, beyond the stars, <laughs> chameleons they look like cabbages, they change shape. One day I'm going to have one as a companion. One day, ha <laughs> yes. Is wise, wise, wise. Why is Nathan Turner sniffing around the production office again? Tell him to get out of there. I'm the producer now. I tell you, if he ever becomes in charge, I'm going to visibly hate my year on the job and then fuck off. (laughs) And then I won't come back for for the 20th anniversary, partially because I'm the one who broke America and I want a higher fee. (laughs) <laughs> and partially because I don't want to work with John Nathan fucking Turner again. Um, John Nathan Turner did some amazing things for Doctor Who. That is undisputed. He genuinely did. But at the same time, my, our rewatches made me realise when he takes over is when I start to have less of an actual attachment to the show. And I realise that's because I'm so ingrained in the Barry Letts, like like the John and uh, yeah, Tom like, and the Hitchcliffe. That- like, that's my classic Who. Although but for me, that's always been the golden th- age of the show. Like, yeah. uh, it, it never gets that good again, I don't think. Although by second and third Not series semester, anyway. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Also Colin, but that's just because I like Colin, not necessarily Zero. Yeah. He was the best that he could be. He was the best. The that he greatest could be. thing since John Pertwee. Oh, Colin. Um, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate him in the same way that I appreciate Peter Capaldi. Like, yeah, you did the best like... you could with what you had. <laughs> Do you know what I'm listening to at the minute? Not right this second, because that'd be really ignorant. But um, um, the I, just t- I had to go to the post office and go to the shops today, and I'm, I'm depressed every time I interact with people out in the real world. And yeah, how we are two days, two days away from a legally mandated uh, mask order. And to be fair, this was the first time I went into our big local super mache. And there was more than five people wearing masks. I was like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that, was, that must oh. be something. Oh, it's happening. People are starting to go, maybe I should start wearing it now and get used to it. Good. Yeah. Um, something that shouldn't have happened back in fucking March. Yeah. But I thought I'd distract myself. I've been listening to music a lot lately, but I thought I'd put on a put on something I've never listened to, but I've always like been told is the best one and you should listen to it. I've been listening to Zagreus. The big Finnish Doctor Who uh, story from like the late nineties, early two thousands, or whatever. Oh, Zig and Zagreus. 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 Um, they say that word every five seconds, and it's hilarious. It's pretty great, actually. Yeah, some of that big Finnish stuff is pretty good, as it turns out. Each episode's a bit long, like it could be a good twenty minutes shorter per episode, but it's Jeez, pretty. How long fun. are the episodes? Uh, it's like 50, 50 minutes to an hour per episode. I just sort of... That it's is a lot. fucking long. But, like, the premise is interesting. Like, you know, Doctor's taken over by a possible godlike parasite and the two of them are coexisting in each other and are trapped in the TARDIS, which is trying to confound them so that they'll never escape. 
Meanwhile, Charlie, the companion, her like mind is taken by the TARDIS, who appears to her as the Brigadier, because she's met the Brigadier and it's like a friendly face. Okay. Um, her as the Brigadier and is like, right, uh, the, we might have a solution to either be able to be either trap the Doctor or get this thing out of him for good. And it's to do with these three different incidents in time. So they basically like hollow deck slash Christmas Carol that shit, where they like they show up in these three different events. Um, but to everyone else around them, they are another person. They're the, you know, there's somebody who's meant to be there. Yes. Um, um, and they're not actually affecting time or anything because it it's just it's a flashback. It's 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 like walking. It's like Assassin's Creed. It's Doctor Who Assassin's Creed. They're walking into an event that's already happened, and they're affecting how it happens. But it's not. They've not time traveled to it. It's just like a simulation almost. Um, and in these three in- incidents. The other characters, because you realise the TARDIS has put this together to, to make it work. So the other characters are very familiar voices. I was like, oh, that guy sounds like Mark Strickson. Oh, well, that sounds like Annette Wilkes. Oh, that, sounds like, that sounds like Sarah Sutton. I mean, that's just Peter Davison. That sounds like Richard Herndon. <laughs> you joke, the death zone is in this story. Yeah. And when they get there, it goes... It's like... Herndl's horn is sounding. And this time in the Death Zone, there's mentions of quarks and drashings. And what they actually encounter is a Jabberwock, which is part of the story itself, because Alice in Wonderland runs throughout the story as a a recurring theme. Oh! Um, Yeah. Uh, But it's it's great. Like The first setting is a science experiment, and this reverend, who's basically overseeing it from a moral standpoint during the early years of the Cold War... uh, is he's played by Peter Davison and he you realise he's started to go along with it all because he has a belief that he might actually get to meet whoever created the universe and it, it's he's only been he's only been supporting it because he's trying to ambush it and use it to like finally answer the questions he wants answered then there's a story with um uh the then head like uh all mother or whatever of the sisterhood of Khan visiting Gallifrey to confront Razalon about something in the early days of, of Gallifreyan society and the two people with her uh, one of which is played by Colin Baker turn out to actually be uh ancient the ancient ones vampires who are there to get revenge for what's just cool. been done to the rest of their people and then the third one, Charlie wakes up and she thinks she's looking at a, a sideshow exhibit and then she realizes it's a mirror and she's a six foot tall mouse in battle armor. And she's approached sure. she's approached by a seven foot tall duck in battle armor and they have to rally their troops of other like woodland animals in battle armor because they are the non-humanoid animatronics in a theme park that are about to go to war with the humanoid animatronics sure and you're like what and they're all after the animator who is the secret to the success of the war which is the cryogenically frozen uh creator of the company the animator yes called um uh i think it's it literally his name is like uncle willie something Brilliant. like that or uncle winky or something stupid like that and he's played by mccoy and it's like oh, did they just did they just do Disneyland goes itchy and scratchy land like sounds like it what it's 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 pretty fun it's pretty I was like okay I wasn't expecting to really enjoy this plus uh when Razalon does rock up in it it's Don Warrington so you know oh nice yeah and and the Brigadier's voice is 
Nicholas Courtney because it's early big finish. So it's like, yeah. oh, that fills me with warmth. And Paul's very good. And there's a whole thing about Schrodinger's cat uh, where the Cheshire cat traps the doctor in a box with cyanide. And uh-huh. like, while he's in there, he tries to get out with Alice in Wonderland logic, tries to convince the cat that the cat's mad because he's clearly dead, but he's hearing voices. So he needs to open the box to make sure that he's not mad and all this stuff. <laughs> it's like, this is pretty fun. But yeah, so uh, if people aren't wearing masks around you folks, A, let your authorities know, uh, and B, yeah. Yeah. Um, listen to you some big finish Doctor Who on Spotify. The- um, obviously, if people aren't wearing masks for medical reasons, they can't wear a mask. Don't harass them, but they also shouldn't be in the shops. Their friends, family, or neighbours should be helping them out at this time to get the stuff for them. And they need to isolate, because holy shit. Listen, Chris, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah, I can. It is against my civil rights for you to urge me to take action that could save my own life. What about freedom? What about freedom in the land of Britain? Now we are free from... <laughs> You tyranny. Oh, Jesus. Raise a glass to freedom. <laughs> Let's all go to the pub. Honestly, I've seen... I've, oh. My Facebook timeline has been full of people, like, going to pubs and going to theme parks and stuff. Now things have, quote-unquote, gotten back to normal. No. No. They really haven't. I'm like, you could not fucking drag me into a pub. Mm. You oh, couldn't geez. pay me to go to a pub. It's just not happening. It's not happening. It's mental. You know, um, in central Manchester, they found a way to make it less hazardous to a point. Because obviously there are people who like live in the city centre. And if you live in the city centre, you don't have that option of a short walk somewhere being uninterrupted. You don't have that option of a garden. No, no. You don't have certain things. No. So I could understand if you lived in, say, like, you know, off Piccadilly Gardens somewhere, you'd want to do something to stop yourself going insane. And some of the bars on like Oldham Street and places like that have moved their seating into the road, blocked the road off, and they only seat like five or six tables uh, with spaces for what would be like ten tables in a section outside their bars, and they do table service instead of you going to the bar and ordering. I still... still... Oh, yeah, no, it's still, like, if you don't need to go, like, if there are people traveling into town to do that, stop. But if you're living in town and you need something to break the the insanity of the the four walls, you're paying a stupidly extortionate amount of money to rent, uh, and, like, no proper window you can open, no park you can get to without encountering a bunch of people, and you can walk five minutes down the road to have a pint that's brought to you in an area where as long as you're wearing your mask, you should be all right. Fair enough. Go do that. But I know what you mean. It's when people are posting like Thought Park videos and you're like, what is wrong with you? Why the fuck what are you at Old Towers? What's you? going on? Oh, God. Just like, oh, my God. My friend Phil was with work, uh, made to shoot some stuff at Blackpool, uh, oh, Pleasure no. Beach, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I say made to, obviously, he could have denied, but when he sort of heard the proposal for how they were going to do it, he went like, okay, right, I'll go along, we'll do a couple of hours, we'll shoot this thing, and we'll, we'll leave. Because, you know, performers need money motherfuckers yeah Um, yeah even people with regular contracts are not able to get to studios so their days are obviously being spread out further and yeah Yeah. so um he did it and i said to him like how was it And he says barely anyone there there's about sort of 30 people in the whole park 
so he didn't feel like it was a do you know what I mean while he was yeah. there it was like we don't feel like we're overshadowed but you see the videos of Thorpe Park you see the videos of all the yeah. towers and you're like why well, are they letting so many people in we went to um, the show's not sponsored by Merlin Attractions in case anyone's wondering no. <laughs> we went to Chester Zoo um, hmm. for Geek's birthday hmm. and they were only letting certain amounts of people in they had limited tickets yeah. that was pre-sales only yeah, you went for like a slot well, in the afternoon, didn't you? you went for like yeah. a two, two, three hour like kind of, let's go do it for a few hours and but then head home. When we turned up, the cars were all still parked next to each other. They were still oh. using overflow parking. Oh, God. And oh. there was a sort of, but not really one way system implemented in the, in the, in the zoo, which no one was paying any attention to anyway. Oh, Loads of hand wash stations, no masks. God. I think me and Keech are probably the only people in the entire zoo wearing masks. And it was Even, just... I mean, to be fair, I can understand the elephants not wearing them because you can't get them over the ears. Hey! hey. But it's just things... And they closed off the indoor... <laughs> Imagine what it's like for it. the snakes. They've got nothing oh. to walk them to. It goes all the way down. Um, <laughs> just put an elastic band around them. Uh, just, put, just put them in a plastic bag. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you have a snake, please don't put don't it in a plastic put snakes bag. in plastic bag. <laughs> no, don't, do um, don't do that. But it, is, it was just a case of like, oh, fuck me. And you just get these groups of people. It's like six people all, you know, gathered around a matriarch who's, you know, welded into one of these mobility scooter things. And then it's like, then there's the rest of the family and a couple of screaming kids. And you're just like, what? You've clearly got some underlying health conditions, so what the fuck are you doing in a public space? Yeah. Oh, God. Not wearing a mask. Yeah. And I bet I'd, you fucking uh... one of the people who complains about all the lockdown restrictions. Well, I mean, what lockdown restrictions at this point? Like, pretty much everything's back to normal except theatre and cinemas. Cinemas and, and arenas and comedy clubs. Basically, yeah. performance spaces are the only places that, like, still are going. Yeah, we don't know. Well, there's been some great ad- 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 uh, like adapting to that. There's a lot of driving comedy venues now. We were supposed people... to go to a driving comedy show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then we booked tickets month, for it. it. And then the same day, Live Nation cancelled it. God. Not the people who were doing the show, the event, no. like the company running the show. They opened ticket sales and then cancelled it. <clears throat> Have they given a reason yet? Nope. Wait, no. Give us a reason, <laughs> but give us not give us, an, us a reason. And meanwhile, the two so the two lasses who were who were do, the actual comedians who were doing the show, were just like yeah, we, they cancelled it. We're sorry, we wanted to do it, but they've cancelled it. <clears throat> they've called it off, <laughs> so we don't know what the fuck to do now, guys. It's just, it's almost as if certain sectors of the economy are being forced to open early. So certain people can make some money before everybody dies. Whereas sectors of the economy that might actually have something critical to say about the government are remaining silenced. Mm. Imagine that being said, I don't know what you would do to open a theatre at this point. Like I wouldn't, were I running a theatre, I wouldn't feel comfortable opening it, even if like financially I needed to. But... The only ones I could think of where it's, it's just like, such a, yeah, it sure, just feels it's like, like a, open air theatres, the only ones I could think of where you could kind of make it work. Yeah, but you'd have to space them out though, wouldn't you? Mm. And that, I think the problem a lot of theatres have is that the amount of spacing they would need to do 
to keep everyone safely distant in an enclosed space yeah would be would mean that they wouldn't be able to actually sell enough tickets yeah the the profit make, wouldn't be worth to, it to, to operate for that time so but then you know you got people people are going to fucking pubs man yeah because yeah. Tim Martin wants to get some more money don't get me started on him, Jesus. Eat the fucking rich, man. Eat the fucking rich. If hate, if, bad, if, bad, if Badger were the were the villain of Wind in the Willows, given human form. <laughs> Who walks around this world with hair like that and goes, this is normal? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not one to insult someone's appearance. Like, I look like fucking... I look like someone's tried to turn their... I was they're, they're action man with real hair into 2015 era Max Landis, but like it's just minus the rainbow, but yeah. like it's uh, all the sexual assault, but uh, it's um, you know it, it's like you look at him and you go you you have the hair of a Lego figure, you look like somebody has taken a comedy wig and just sort of gone and it, oh, that'll do. And then it stayed there somehow. He, he's so bizarre looking. I think I... He's the definition of a gammon. To, he looks meaty and sweaty at the same I, time. I was talking to a friend of the show, um, Charlie DeMello. Beautiful Charlie. Uh, How's he doing? Recently. He he's well. He's well. Is but he alive? We were talking, yeah, he's, he's very much alive and well. Um, and we were talking about, I was, we were talking about you know, all this bullshit. And I described Tim Martin as looking like Buffalo Bill... From Santa to the Lambs wearing a skin suit of Buffalo Bill. <laughs> it's like he oh skinned himself God. and he's wearing his own skin. Yes! It's a skin suit. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, it fits, but it's not been fastened right around the no. back. So, like, the face is slotted in, but then he's just so gone, oh, you'll be okay. I don't need a fasten it, it needs taken in. It's listen. It's the first day of school tomorrow, and you're still not taking any pants. You're gonna walk in there, and everyone's gonna think you're stupid. <laughs> Need to get it taken in, lad. It rubs the lotion on its skin, or it can go and get a job at Tesco. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, it's... don't go to spoons, folks. Uh, don't ever. go to spoons. Not not during lockdown. And especially not after lockdown. Well, it, it was a friend of Charlie's who created the Never Spoons app. <gasps> was it? Which will which will direct you to a yes. local bar that isn't Weatherspoons. If you absolutely must go to a pub, yeah. and I say don't go to a pub. Yeah, not, not now, not now. But hey, that's just my opinion, <clears throat> man. I just want everybody to be fucking safe, particularly the people who have to fucking work there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like. <sighs> If you must, if you absolutely must go and again, pay like if you're if you're in the central money for a beer, if you're in the center of a metropolitan yeah. zone and you have no option for fresh air or an easy accessible bit of walk for daily exercise and mental clarity, yeah, like and you just need to do something to make yourself go, oh, this is normal, this is nice, okay, refresh, refresh. That was a fun half hour back to the flat. Like if you need mm. that, get the Neverspoons app. <laughs> Yeah, don't go to Weatherspoons. Go to somewhere yeah. else. Uh, Christopher. Mattstopher. I'm so tired. Tenet's been delayed, you know? <laughs> Tenet's been delayed. I've got nothing left to look forward to in this world. 
But don't worry, Zendaya- he's cancelled! Zendaya is Michi, so, you know, like, uh, everything's okay. Everything's Zendaya all right will in the never end. be Michi again. Yeah. <laughs> Michi's dead. Zendaya's fine. Zendaya directed the- a short film in lockdown. Did she direct it? I thought she was She directed in it. it, as far as I'm aware. Or she, she either directed it or produced it. Like, she made it happen. Um, I think someone else directed it. Let me look. I know the one you mean. Yeah, it's just, but... like, we're bored, so we're all going to take tests, and we're going to do this, and we're going to shoot for, like, a certain amount of days, and then we're going to self-isolate, and while we're self-isolating, we're going to edit it, and do the post-production. It's just like, what? Well, let's keep in mind, this was like early last month when Hollywood as a whole was being a lot more lax because they'd been sort of given the green light by the governor of LA of like, uh, you know, everything's okay. Governor of California, everything's all right. Yeah, like, you know, things aren't back to normal entirely. So please practice as much restriction as you can. But like, go about your day, motherfuckers. And then as of this week, LA went, (laughs) no, we're going back into lockdown and businesses closing and all that jazz. So, Uh, yeah. Um, it was directed by <clears throat> Sam Levinson. Sam Levinson, okay. So, okay. Uh, Malcolm and Marie, uh, starring Zendaya and John David Washington, uh, and direct, written and directed by uh, Sam Levinson. Uh, Tenet also star <laughs> is is uh, John David Washington also starring in the upcoming Tenet. Uh, When's that coming out? <laughs> uh, he was also in Black Clansman, which is where you're probably knowing from. Oh yeah, yeah, um, okay. So yeah, that's what that is. That's the thing, Mother Truckers. That's what oh, that yeah. is. Did you know Tenet had been delayed? Okay, <laughs> <Fucking> now. <hell. laughs> There's literally nothing else going on. That's all websites talking about. Uh, there's no Tenet. I went. To, I went. I went onto Den of Geek to troll for headlines, and Den of Geek's gone a bit shit on it. Yeah, this it's all list been showing signs for a little while. They've done. They've fallen into the. They've fallen into the list. <clears throat> they've fallen the into the Buzzfeed. Yeah. Powered by Facebook, like the the trend a few years ago was a man stuck his dick in a penguin. You won't believe what happens next. And in recent uh, years, it's been top ten times a man stuck in his dick in a penguin. <laughs> and top ten times he didn't. <laughs> Um, because the way become, that that's become the latest thing, the, the top like, ten thing. Because you and the way they do it is one each page, each web page houses one part of the ten to twelve yeah, page yeah. article. Um, so that's why they do it. Because of course you then click next and you go to the next page, and that page has got seventeen ads on it. Even if they don't interrupt your enjoyment of the feature, that's how they're making their money. <clears throat> this you know they obviously earn enough money from the sponsorship to uh justify the amount of like space they're having to pay for because <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh good god but yeah oh i will tell you one thing that i saw that looks like it might be interesting tenor uh, uh, did you know that's been delayed uh no so- what is christopher Eccle- uh, christopher eccleston what the fuck it's christopher-, it's christopher nolan's magnum opus it's christopher nolan's new film it must be it must be good um <laughs> <laughs> so there's a trailer doing the rounds at the moment for an upcoming Russian sci-fi horror called Sputnik. I mean, the title's already got my um, attention. Well, it looks like... I'll leave you to look up the trailer in your own time. Okay, it is it looks, based on Sputnik? No, it looks like it's 
We've got some it's, space race. We've got some satellite shit. What's happening? <laughs> it's life. Oh, the, the Ryan alien. Gosling. Not Ryan Gosling. The uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Alien <laughs> on the ISS. Yeah. It looks like it's that, but with... Russian people. A lone cosmonaut returning to Earth from a... From a... A, 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 a mysterious mission as the lone survivor. And then he's on a Russian base and then alien happens. I mean, that's what it, it looks like. It's, oh. it's It looks like an alien knockoff, but a pretty good one. In the same way that life was... An alien knockoff, an alien knockoff but it was pretty good on its own merits. Like, yeah, this is good. I've seen like most of this before. Interesting creature design, like really cool creature design. Hey. But I know where this is going, and uh, but it's fucking good. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, it, I've, still, I've get... still got around to life. Is it on any life? Is good, man. Uh, I watched it on <laughs> Now TV. I think that's a sentence no one has said for six it, yeah. months. By the way, life is good. <laughs> life is good. Um, <laughs> I, I saw it on TV, but I don't think it's still on there. So you I'm might have to wait and see if it comes to the Amazon or if it comes to... Oh, God, I'm yawning tonight. I apologise. Um, yawning, boy. If it comes to Amazon or if it comes to Netflix. Um, speaking of Netflix, I watched a bit more, bit more Snowpiercer. Ooh, boy. It's, it's weird, um, though, because that, that conveniently... Uh, will lead us into our next section as well. Hey! Um, what? 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 How's it been? How has the wonder that is David Diggs uh, and his magical face been? It's good, man. The whole season's up there now, but I've still with got his, two episodes with, left to go. With his dreadlocks so long, it could be you. They could be used for replacement train track if the train ever does run out. <laughs> uh, no, it continues to be to be really good, and you know, very relevant because it's all about class. Um. And, <laughs> and how the lower classes are treated by the elite, and yeah, basically, like yeah. this is very on the nose. Well, yeah, of course that's the fucking point. Um, <laughs> yes, it's on the nose. It's supposed to be on the nose. Um, no, that's how you watch it in bed on your phone like this, right up against your face. Yeah, it's, like, it's on my nose. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a it's a really solid show. It's got some really, I think it's got some really strong writing. Some very strong performances. Like I say, I've still got two episodes of season one left to go, but I... Considering I was sort of like, it kind of flew under my radar, and um, I just kind of ended up putting it on for something to put on. I was like, oh, actually, and then watch four episodes in one sitting. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucking good. Like, it's, it's, it's some really nice concepts in there. Some nice, uh, understated... Production design, which you know, sort of hides the fact that this is clearly a show that's not got a ton of budget. It's um, got a few train carriage sets, and yeah. they'll make, they're going to make it work. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's all you need. Yeah, plays with some interesting concepts. Like I say, I think it's nicely written. Got some good characters. It's it's just, it's, it's similar to um, oh god, what is it similar to now? Can't remember. <laughs> we were talking about adaptations before. Not, not me and you, me and Keeks. And we talked about the way that Snowpiercer is um, similar to some other adaptations in that it doesn't adapt the original graphic novel or even the film mm-hmm. from which it takes its title. It just takes the concept and runs with it. Or rather, so, puts it on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and to be fair, from what I know of the... I've still not got around to watching the actual film. 
uh, which I really should because it's um, Bong Joon-ho directed and Chris Evans is in it and, you know, it's a good combo on, any, on, any, on anybody's paper. Um, <laughs> but from what I know of that, that also doesn't directly adapt the graphic novel. It just takes the concept and and runs with it. Fluffs around so, with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, what adaptation were we talking about that did that? I can't remember what we were talking about. <clears throat> but it was something that wasn't as good as Snowpiercer, I can tell you that. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I do recommend it, because it's on Netflix, and if you've got Netflix, what the fuck else are you doing? You're not going to the pub. If you are going to the pub, you fucking shouldn't be. And if um, you are, don't go to Weatherspoons. Yeah, don't go to Weatherspoons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we doing now? Having a cry, I think. You're going to cry? Yeah. Shall, shall I do some emails? Hit me with emails. One may so even have Snowpiercer-related content. Wait, poss- possible, possible. <laughs> but first, first, we've been sent another quiz. <clears throat> what the from, bastard? From loyal listener and friend of the show, Ian. He sent us another quiz. Official carer for the show. Questions for the question god. <laughs> um, oh. Oh, oh, I've just looked at the line of the email the 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 title of it and I actually can't repeat that on record. Oh good god. Fucking alien. Oh my god. It's dark. Oh boy's got a dark sense of humour. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um If you want to hear first... what the title of the email was, sign up to our OnlyFans. The first big damn stream <laughs> uploaded to YouTube was us playing what game? Big Damn Stream. So is this... Oh. The first one on YouTube. Yeah, so Big Damn Stream and Big Damn Play are the same thing, but Big Damn yeah. Stream is what we used to be called. Yeah, when we were doing it regs on, on Saturday nights. So this is a playthrough. Like, a we're playing through a thing we and did... we're uploading it. It was mostly playthroughs. Well, we never finished well, Alien Isolation. No, but in terms of on YouTube, we mostly posted highlights. Yeah, um, but the first full stream we posted—I don't even think we streamed it. I think we—I think we recorded it specifically for YouTube, and it was on my channel. And was it, it was stadium one. Uh, no, 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 no. Full stream. It was Lego Dimensions Doctor Who fun pack. Did we not do one before that? Like, like pre Big Damn Cast, maybe. Oh no, no no this is yeah no this is um pre big damn cast we we stream loads of games but we never um do we not put them up on YouTube as big damn streams not full not full streams it was always highlights it was always mm. like highlight clips of alien or like monster racer or who wants to be monster racer Jesus. stuff like that the, the the first like full stream was was after the start of the podcast and it was uh, it was Lego Dimensions okay. Doctor okay. Who level pack, if I remember correctly, because we uh, we did the level pack, then we did like on my channel, I think it was, and then we did like the on Big Dam, we uploaded the free roam of the Doctor Who level pack and doing all the tasks and stuff, because we did it as a two parter. So uh, I think I think I think okay. I think it's Lego Dimensions Doctor Who. That's my that's my guess. Anyway. Okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not making any guesses. I'm the question master. Oh, B. Oh, so I'm lazy. Just um, like Bay, but collect honey. <laughs> I'm clutching my pearls. You can't see me if you're listening. I, I can I am see actually him. clutching my pearls. He is oh, no. clutching at his pearls. 
He's like he's like Martha Wayne. My non-existent pearls. Uh, <laughs> question two: What was the first geeky topic talked about first on the Big Damn Cast? Uh, so that'd be so episode first, episode, episode one. one then. Problem with Harley Quinn. Problem with Harley did Quinn we, was. Did we open yeah. with some MCU news? Probably. That seems like a thing we would have opened with. Do you know what? Just taking a bet, let's say, yeah, sure. Like yeah, it was, it's probably MCU news of some kind. Yeah, like Doctor you know, Strange or some shit. 2016, so yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Just taking a um, step. Uh, what's the big damn cast <clears throat> tagline? Uh, nerdy uh, news, geeky, geeky gossip. gossip. That, that's the most recurring one. Yeah. Um, depends on what Ian's definition of tagline is. Yeah, that's uh, true. Question, yeah. question four. Oh, this is a fucking puzzler. Um, the puzzler, Batman. Hello, it is I. What question is... one? Four across, three down. <laughs> what is the first episode to have the word doctor in the title? And oh. bonus, bonus question: Who's the first doctor to get a thumbnail? See, that would imply it's Doctor Who. But I'm but, trying to remember whether or not Doctor Strange appears in a thumbnail before Doctor Who does. Although technically, Harleen Quinzel was a Doctor, so therefore Harley Quinn was the first Doctor to get but, a thumbnail. But is it is it? Uh, what's the first part of the question? Is it the first one to contain the word Doctor? The first one to contain the word Doctor. Okay. You're asking yeah, us questions so, we have so we on, on definitely te- don't know. On a technicality, the very first episode contains a Doctor in the thumbnail because it's Doctor Harleen Quinzel. But yeah. if we're going to play that game... Um, I Let think me tell it- you something. Let me tell you something, Ian. As much <laughs> as we enjoy these quizzes. While you think about your answer, Chris. As much as we enjoy these quizzes. And we do. We don't fucking know. Like We, make, we record the show. I edit it. Chris puts it online. And then I never think about it again. <laughs> Literally never. The next morning we wake up and go, what the fuck did I do last night? Every Thursday. That happens every Thursday. I'm, um, it, I can't face my shame. <laughs> I think it's a trick question. To have put he's, this show out. He's assuming a Doctor Who. I think it's Doctor Strange. I think that's the answer to both. Um, okay. I don't, know, I don't know what number the first episode would be. The Doctor I, Strange episode, who shall, shall we say? Because that would have um, been like, that would have been like, November 2016. So, was there any Doctor mm. Who on at that point? 2014 mm. was series. Sorry, no. yeah, 2014 was series eight. 2015 was series nine. Series series ten was 2019. No, it wasn't. 2017. Yeah, what am I talking about? Series ten was uh 20. 17 because in 2016 we got the as bill <laughs> preview in the football as bill because that was the year where we had no doctor who at all no apart from the christmas special and we got the as bill preview which i'm pretty sure that's the case so we wouldn't unless we did like a retro doctor who episode talking about stuff from the last couple of years i think doctor strange is the first doctor to get a title and a thumbnail okay okay uh final question Again, how the fuck are we supposed to know this? Uh, what was the, what was the closing line of the big damn cast in the year twenty sixteen? Did we have an out? I can't even remember. 
Because now we just sort of have an improvisational bit of petering out nonsense. Like, no, I think I think what was the last line of the last podcast of that year? I think is what he's asking. Oh, uh, we'll see you next year. We'll see you next or ver- year. Or variation on, we'll see you next year, or we won't. Maybe we're we won't. gonna die or something like that. No, he knows too. It's probably something faint, f- like faintly humorous and mostly pessimistic. Let's find out what the answers are. Hey, because I'm I'm fucking um, <laughs> this this the answer email separate email, uh, wonderfully titled Henry Cavill's blue tank top. Uh, well, he can build that my was a, gaming that was PC. Any day. What it? It's like oh no! I remember someone t- someone put uh, sharing it on Twitter with the <laughs> with the line. <laughs> oh well. I guess I have this kink now, and I don't know what to do with it. Thanks, Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry Cavill um, building PCs in a blue tank top. Um, uh, still a better Superman movie than Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, true. He's wearing uh, blue. He def- he's happy. He's, he's making people more happy good. with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, question one: First big damn stream uploaded to YouTube was us playing what game? The answer may shock you. Oh. Is it a clip? It's Rocket League. Oh! Wait. D- what? Yes. We streamed that. This is why I'm confused. We streamed that on YouTube. Did we? We did. We, we streamed Rocket League on, on um, Twitch as well back in the day. But we did, a cu- we did a couple streams on YouTube to see if the viewing figures would be different, like, because I had a subscriber base, so I was like, let's see if there are people who are willing to watch a stream here, and if so, we'll stream here from now on. And we did it a couple times, and we went, no fuckers watching, let's go back to Twitch. <laughs> but yeah, Fair. yes, that's right, it's Fair. like a, damn. <clears throat> um, what was the first geeky topic talked about on the on the first Big Damn cast? I love how this is the first of two Doctor uh, Strange assumptions. It wasn't Doctor Strange, but it was oh, MCU news. Oh, well, I'm having get, it then. I'm taking the point. pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, it was new pictures from yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. So that must have been like when he was on in, on the, with his backpack in the in the concrete tube and all that fun stuff. Yes. Um, damn. Number three, what is the big damn cast tagline? I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe you here, Ian. He says, big damn cast. It's so big. We say that in like one of did the first we, episodes. Did we do that? Is that, is that, yeah. a, is that officially we, a tagline? We, not, not like, a, not like a, this is our actual thing. I think we joke about like, we need a tagline. Yeah. Big, damn, big damn cast. It's so it's big. So big. Um, God. No, I'm sorry. Sorry, Ian. That is a, that's incorrect research. I am, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's nerdy news, geeky gossip. I am flattered that someone gives enough of a shit. To look this stuff up, Ian. Uh, honestly, you're a diamond geezer. In um, in lockdown, he's not gone to the pub. He's listened to the back catalogue. That's what's been Ian, happening. Ian, bless your heart, but <clears throat> you need a hobby. <laughs> I'm very flattered, but you need to get yourself a hobby, mate. Um, Don't listen to him, Ian. He's just trying to recruit you to Warhammer. First of be a long <laughs> knowing where Ian is though that'd be a long way to play a game um <laughs> what's the first episode to have the word doctor in the title and who's the first doctor to get a thumbnail 
Episode 18, Doctor Strange will see you now. Yeah, And the first Doctor in the thumbnail yes. is Doctor Harleen Quinzel. So, hey. our lateral thinking was good there, boy. Hey. Um, question five. Still alive. Uh, what was the closing line of Big Damn Cast in 2016? As in, like, I think it is right, yeah, it's the, the last line of the last podcast we did in that year. <laughs> In retrospect, it was a really poor choice of words. Oh. It's been a terrible year. <laughs> oh. Have you noticed how, like, the world has only gotten worse since we started this oh, yeah. podcast? Do you think we're responsible for the decline of Western civilization? No, but Bowie and Prince passed away in early 2016 and it has been downhill since Oh, man. Then. It's just not stopped, has it? Like they are, you know how like in the Marvel universe, um, the Man Thing is the nexus the of all reality. Thing. No, he guards the nexus you know, of bit... all realities. <clears throat> all right, so big old swampy boy with his his, yeah. his elephant trunk face. Like <laughs> if you get past him and you 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 crash that nexus, everything falls yeah. apart. Well, in our universe, the shit swan shits universe. <laughs> shit swan uh, shit. Prince and Bowie were like Shit the one the black one. were like were like the black guardian and the white guardian oh, okay. and now that they've buggered right. off everything's gone to everything's shit. Gone to like it's gone to basket. absolute shit. Up is down. Yeah. Like um red is blue. Uh fucking uh, uh Henry Cavill's building PCs and it's the best entertainment all week. Uh, you know things are things are well, odd. It's an odd time. Remember the old curse, Chris. May you live in interesting times. And we, we yeah, but I think this is more like the game of it's more like the game of Razalon. <laughs> Razalon, not Razalon. To lose is to win, and he who wins shall lose. Razalon's a goodness me. Raz- it's the tardy. Razalon's a time lord pawn man. Susan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Razalon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, no wonder his tower was so heavily guarded. He didn't this, want people to find his stash. This one comes in from our favourite rabid Doctor Who fan, Sam. <laughs> Razalon's tomb is the, the Gallifreyan equivalent of a shoebox full of playboys Brilliant. in the middle of the forest. <laughs> the death zone. Cruel games between aliens forced to fight well, to the I death mean, before they look, reach Razalon's tower. Look at the budget they had. His dirty stash. Look at the budget they had. It's not really a shoebox full of playboys. It's like a quick save bag with a couple of fiestas in it in Worsley Woods. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a brown paper bag containing a boy who has a vague <laughs> recollection of once seeing his older brother's copy of Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And he'll tell you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Hi, Sam. How you doing, Sam? You all right, Sam? (laughs) Fucking hell. Uh, It says, hello, my lovelies. Um, It's me. I'm sorry if my emails are a bit confusing, but I will try to make it less confusing. Hey, Sam, you do you. Page one of it's 74. A fuck, it's a joy to read them. It's, a, it's confusing, but it's a wild ride and I have a hell of a time. Um, it's, so like, it's like um, it's like being challenged with the yeah, finest riddle. Like, like I watch Matt's eyes light up as he absorbs the email 
uh, into his being and and comes out at the end of it a new man sam never apologize Just strap ever. yourself in and get ready for this one <laughs> so this week is the censorites baby from listening to the season one review you guys do not like this but i do look i like octopus it and golden eye is shit <laughs> Dalton. yeah yeah yeah, I get it. I, I get you. Yeah. The Doctor and his companions. I get you, Sam. The Doctor and his companions <laughs> land on a spaceship orbiting a distant and mysterious world. The sense sphere. Oh, sorry. Ooh. God, I don't know why I'm yawning so much. Uh, Apologise. It's a fucking horrible thing to listen to. Um, episode one is not the greatest, but at the end, the sense right at the window just going, hey, sexy Ian, how are you? Good? Okay, bye. <laughs> which is included a gif of, which is wonderful. Um... Yeah, it's you don't weird, have to quit buggering me, young it man. It is weird. <laughs> uh, episode two. John, poor, poor John, and Susan isn't shit. She is cool. William Hartnell is going up my list from seventh to fourth, but he's no John Pertwee. Episode three. Sexy Ian is going to die. <laughs> I think we like Ian. I think Sam likes Ian. Um, which is fine. He's got a certain charm about him. Uh, episode four. Fat Sensorite. He's got the, the old Chester, the, the old Chesterfield yeah. charm, eh? Uh, episode four. <laughs> Fat Sensorite is going to rise to power. Episode five. Yeah. Is okay. And episode six. Fat Sensorite is in prison. So next week I'll be reviewing Inferno. See you next week. Goodbye, my friends. And then a and then the gif of. Uh, <laughs> of Sensorite at the window. Sensorite at the window going, hey, sexy Ian. Brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love Brilliant. what you're doing. I can't wait to hear what you think of Inferno because I fucking love Inferno. Uh, and Inferno that's a bonkers it's also got, story. It's also got a, a Batman reference in it, so that's always a win. Has it? <clears throat> yeah, Inferno's got a Batman reference. Remind me. Are the Doctor's tinkering away with the console um, in the like the sheds or whatever yeah. at, uh, at the unit base. He, he, there's something to do with gadgets and he sort of says, like, we're expect, expecting Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Doctor's name drop Batman. Batman. Oh, Batman. Batman. Hey, um, Chris, we got off. Coming, coming for you. I'm counting on it. You know, live, live. Hand me the battery. Our first piece of hate mail, um, Chris. Oh, bring it. Our first piece oh, of hate mail. Let me. Well, I don't know. If, me I don't know if if, if hate. Bathe. I don't know if hate um accurately describes it. It doesn't feel like it's you know venomous enough for hate mail, but uh, sort of like maybe oh. like ambivalence mail. Miffed Miffed mail. mail. Miffed mail. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, simply titled LOL. Um, okay. And it starts with a quote of a tweet you put out uh, end of last week, earlier this week. Uh, which one? Gonna... The one where I said that Trump's a, Trump's a no, twat? No, no. I think everyone agrees one with that. Where one. I said that, or the one where I said that people who moan about modern oh, Doctor well, Who are well, twats. Helpfully, <laughs> helpfully, the person writing in has has quoted it in full, with an, oh, with an attribution, no less. Um, oh, I'm going to do your voice. You ready? Oh, good lord! Okay, <laughs> let's be a ride. <laughs> <laughs> right, just to clarify what's happening, this is almost as though to prepare himself. Matt pulled a clownish face. <laughs> Yes, but who did I pull it off? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> this isn't really Chris's voice, but it's it's just going to be a bit of a laugh. Oh God! If your immediate response to everything Doctor Who related is a complaint about the current era, cast or showrunner, just take a step back, 
breathe in, remind yourself that constantly moaning does not equal having a personality, and breathe out. Chris Johnson. Yeah, I said that. I did indeed say that. I don't know if I said it like that, but I definitely said it. <laughs> and here we go. Rebuttal. Here we go. The rebuttal. The rebuttal. Are you ready for the button? <clears throat> um, I'm ready for butts. From the man who hosts a podcast where he and another man do nothing but moan, slag people and things off, burp a lot, and call some people extremely rude words. Oh, the irony, Chris. The absolute irony. All right, Mary Whitehouse. Do they have a name? Um, I don't like using people's names unless they sign them. No, 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 email. no, no. If, if, so, yeah, it's th- that's fine. But, but uh, starters, if you mean this genuinely, sign off at the end of the email yeah. for fuck's sake. I mean, um, you, you have access to the inbox too. Why? But also, like, who cares? Who's this? <laughs> Who know? Oh, yeah. That's not someone I recognise, anyway. Um, okay, so that's someone who's specially emailed in. Now, this we, is either we... a little... This is either a little comedy jab to sort of say, like, oh, come oh, on, come you on. do that on your podcast all the time. Or it's someone going, um... Uh, actually, so which is... Which also, I need to tell people, is not a personality trait. Yeah. <laughs> that tweet was about the fact that uh, last week, there was some not my doctor shit trending. Oh yay! Um, See, I, I just stay off Doctor Who Twitter. Like I just don't pay oh, attention I, to anything. I, I, Doctor I don't, even, I don't even follow the official accounts. I don't follow yeah. the official accounts because, like, I I just seeing the replies makes like, me go, oh, for mm. Christ's sake. There's lots of things and, that uh, I like um, and I'm a fan of that I really avoid engaging in the fandoms for because they're so fucking oh, yeah, toxic. I, and Doctor I don't even, one of them. I don't even consider myself. Like part of fandoms anymore. No. I just like what I like. Yeah, I like what I like. I don't. Like... I don't have to define myself by being a fan of something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get um, why people do, and I get why people who are younger do. I think it's something that, in a way, people have. I don't want this to sound condescending, but I think it is a way that it's something that people kind of grow out of as they realize there's more to them than that. Um, yeah, although that I know what you mean, like, and that, that's not to say that being a fan or being in a fandom is a bad thing inherently, but it's just, you know, like it's one facet of who you are yeah. as a person. It's not all you are. As I, a person. I think I, I don't and think it's mature. You, you get swept up in the romanticism. Yeah, you get swept up in the romanticism of it all. You kind of forget that, and you have to remember it later. Like, oh yeah, that's just part of it. Like, I'm a I'm a patchwork quilt of things, and this yeah. is one patch. Um, I contain you know, multitudes. Uh, I didn't take my worm into but... <laughs> Worm. <laughs> Multitubes. <laughs> um, but so there's a lot of Not My Doc stuff. There was some weirdly like racially specific complaints about Sasha Dewan and Joe Martin doing the rounds this week. What? And their roles as the master. Racism. The Ruth Doctor, respectively. On the internet. But. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but exactly. So. But the thing is, that comment I made is directed squarely at the people who, whenever you, whenever Doctor Who Media or anyone posts anything Doctor Who related, often nothing to do with the current era, current Doctor, current showrunner, etc. They post anything and someone responds with, oh, back when it was good, not not like now when Chimnall's ripping it to pieces. 
or see Tom's the doctor, not Jodie. She'll never be my doctor. You know, the people who respond with <laughs> just that, like every Doctor Who thing so is an trite, excuse for it? them to go, oh, but the new one's shit. Like that's, anyone who listens to this is like, yeah, I do that. And get a life. I know I'm saying that on a comedy podcast where we talk about pop culture news and, and that's all, you know, like we are sad, nerdy men. Of course we are. That's kind of the point. Yeah. But like, <laughs> like, you guys don't like the DCEU. Cool. Do we bring it up every episode? Nope. Okay. Right. There we go. Sure. Like, is you know, you guys aren't a fan of this. You guys aren't a fan of that. Yeah. Sure. I wonder do we, why. Do we bring it up all the time? That tweet is directed squarely at the pissy whiny, moany, joyless twats that use any Doctor Who thing as an excuse to shit on what they don't like right now with the show. Now, not all of those people, of course, hate it for misogynistic, sexist, um, you know, xenophobic, racist reasons. Not all those people do. There are people we like and know who don't like the current iteration of the show. But they... We're not... We're not bowled over by it. We just really I think enjoy I'm some of it, and on it. The rest of it's than, fine. Than you are, but the, yeah, even, I think, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Even those of us who, those in our sort of circle who don't like the current iteration of the show, it's not because it's about it's about why you can it's about um, articulating why you don't like it. If it, if it's just yeah. I don't like it because Joe because the Doctor is a woman now, that's hmm. you need to think about that and what that says about you as a person yeah. if you're like oh someone replied to it that that initial tweet earlier this week someone replied to it with something like um like but like don't you think that jody's uh per, you know uh the perception of jody's doctor over the years is going to be affected by the fact she's in terrible stories by t- terrible script writers and terrible show colin baker and I went, <laughs> yeah and i think this was in response to me saying yeah well well i said like i said so what you, in your response, the first thing I'm seeing then in that response isn't that you're like, yeah, it's shit that she's being abused just because people don't like her run of the show. You're saying, well, it's the fault of the show. It's like, no, no, no. Her being unnecessarily abused and attacked just for existing, being a woman yeah. and being cast in the role is what I'm saying is bad. That's what I'm saying is bad. Yeah. Whether you like the show or whether you like the scripts or not, they're not the reason why people are being shitty. Mm. And the person the person kept going on like, yes, but like, won't that just make people look back at the era and like mock her even more? Like they're ruining her potential. And it's like, you, motherfucker. <laughs> if people are going to be nasty and hateful over a children's television program about a space wizard who travels in a blue box and has quirky adventures, yeah. if people are going to be horrible to the star of that, and use not enjoying the current scripts as an excuse to be horrible to the star. Those people are assholes. Yeah. They're horrible people. And that's what I'm pointing out. I'm saying if that's all you're doing online, if all you're doing online is pissing and moaning yeah. about the current era at every given excuse, go and do something else. Please. You, mo- you. you moaning on Twitter, you moaning on the Facebook comment sections for any Doctor Who thing is not going to magically make no. the show you want to exist exist that's not what's gonna happen if you're really hating it fuck off come back in the time for the next showrunner see if you enjoy it then you know what i do about things i really don't like on the internet i don't talk about them i don't engage with them like it's just it's that easy 
Like we we, we talk about things on here if they're current. Yeah, we'll review but stuff. We'll give our opinions, but we don't. Linger. Outside of that, I, I just don't engage with it because it's not yeah. helpful to the anyone. Last, the the last time I tweeted negative critical thought on a piece of media that I can recall was the the first Justice League trailer. Yeah, back in like yeah yeah. I think, was it late 2016 was when the trailer for Justice League originally, the first one 2017 dropped. it would have been. Surely. But it might have been, oh yeah, it was like March 2017, because it was quite late, wasn't it? Pre, actually, uh, yeah. Pre-Comic-Con. Pre-Wonder Woman, pre-Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, so I tweeted, I just said, like, this looks drab, like, I love these characters, don't get me. I think the tweet was something like, I love these characters, don't get me wrong, but I'm not seeing their potential on screen. It just seems dark and unnecessarily oh, yeah. kind you of got a ton of shit dreary. For that call me when these are. Call me when these movies are fun again. Mm. And it ended up in the Twitter moment, and I got harassed for weeks. Yeah, harassed. And like yeah. you know, oh, suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah, it's a bunch of people commenting on Twitter. It doesn't really mean suck anything it to me, up, ultimately. Because, Buttercup. Yeah, but it's that thing of like, imagine if you were just trapped in that vacuum. Or imagine if you just looked across something you'd done to see that people were just shitting on you because of your opinion completely, like really shitting on yeah. you continuously. I got it for two weeks off a tweet and I went, well, this is kind of fucked up that people are like this. Instead of just going, oh, it's a shame. You don't like it. Like, I, I think it looks great. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, well, don't go see it then. I'll be like, yeah, sure. Okay. Fair enough response. Bit nasty, but fair enough. Now imagine being somebody, in this case, Jodie Whittaker, who ever since the announcement of your casting has had a nasty shit written about her just for existing yeah. and being a woman and being involved like, in the show pe- that these people that these people allegedly love and yet apparently have learned nothing from it's one of these like there are people who have <laughs> you know genuine criticisms about the state of the show as it is and those are people you can have a discussion with and be like well this dude mm. didn't work for me because of this and I can go well it worked for me I didn't mind that so much as <laughs> no, I can I can have a discussion with someone who doesn't like Orphan 55 about why I didn't hate Orphan 55 you know yeah. for example but oh Christ check out our Orphan 55 review I hated Orphan 55 and we had a wonderful we discussion did. about we it did. it was great we, we, we're, a, we're, we're a pair of people who, who had different opinions on The Last Jedi and it didn't tear us apart um, the example I always go back to and that we've received like comments about since is our Last Jedi yeah. review episode where that came out. Whereas I, you dug it, I disliked it, and we had a really lovely conversation about our opinions and why we thought we the way we did, and we sort of like, you know, soft core argued our corners and then came out of it like, oh, this was nice. Cheers. And, oh, there we go. Blah blah blah. And then Rise of Skywalker came yeah. out and we agreed on something again. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just oh, it's one of those things. You have to think about why you're why you don't like something and what that says about you. And if you don't like something and you continue to focus on it and engage with it, it's it's not gonna make it's not gonna make life any better for oh, you. No. It's it's not gonna make no. you feel better. Like life is too short to spend your time shitting on stuff you hate. And if that's all you can yeah. do, then you need to reassess sort of where you are because it's not healthy. Like, just no. don't engage with that stuff. If it does, if you don't like it, if it makes you angry, it, there's no need to like take to Twitter and shit on people who are involved with it because they're yeah. women or of a certain ethnicity or 
of a certain sexuality or whatever. Like, there's no place. We, we live in a society where there shouldn't be a place for that anymore. Unfortunately, there is because there's so much fucking bigotry at the top that it trickles down and, and enables other people. But it's like, we, 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 we're better than that as people, as a, as a species. Yeah. We should be. So why, why are Especially we? when it's... When it's fiction, yeah, like it's, not real. it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not important. It like, can be, it can do important things, but that's based on the individual's perception of it's it. It's not real, but the people involved with it are. So you have yes. to approach it like yeah. that. They are people, and they do. They don't deserve to be harassed and talk shit about constantly, like. Oh, you know, unless they're shitty people, in which case you can call them out. Um, call out people like, in positions well, of again, power. Like, um, again, like separate from separate from the art itself. If horrible shit is coming from that person, sure, like let them know that you think it's horrible. Let them know that they're you know scummy for doing it. Like hold hold people to account for actual nasty yeah. shit. Hold politicians to account for doing the wrong stuff or not looking after your interest. They work for you. Like, hold, hold. For, like, for Christ's sake, they work for you to try and keep you safe. And if they are not doing that, hold them to account. Yeah. Hold their feet to the fire. Hold J.K. Rowling to account for being a cast in a role. Don't hold her to account for being yeah. a woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But a woman's cast as a role that had traditionally been male up to that point, despite the fact the character could very openly be anyone... Mm and anything and you know like be represented in any any kind of way if you spend your online life using any doctor who conversation just to piss and moan on the current era and that's all you have to say yeah. it's roger delgado's birthday says bbc america's twitter account happy birthday roger delgado one of the first bloody responses was a tweet saying something along the lines of, he'd be sick if he saw the condition the show was in Look. now. Chibnall has ruined Doctor Who. Oh, God. Just what does that anything. got to fucking do with Roger Delgado? Just don't say anything. So, so uh, an original emailer, if you're joshing us and saying, oh, you you two piss and moan all the time, what are you talking about? Then, yeah, fair enough. We, we piss and moan all the time. We do call people but extremely if rude words. I love the prissiness of we that do. as well. It's, it's very yeah, like, we do. It's very like, words. oh, but we need to keep <clears throat> discourse civil or else it's not proper discourse. <laughs> All right. Sure. Oh, okay. God. Whatever you say. Yeah, in our, um, in our personal, personal opinion podcast of which we do not fire in the yeah. direction of any individuals we're having a go at. And if we do have a go at someone, it's very rarely because we just don't like their work. It's yeah. usually because we don't like their approach, their behavior, their stance and it's like, like no, we will, we will talk shit about people in the industry who are, who are um, believed to be abusive or or shitty or straight mm. up rapists in some cases um, yeah uh, or, or you know people who, who committed vehicular manslaughter before going on to be a a, a darling of, of Broadway darling of, of, yeah. the, of the late 90s and early 2000s uh, movie scene um <laughs> Particularly in family-friendly uh, genre films, uh, then you know we'll, we'll, what we're basically saying we'll is call that out, if, but... if you if you are not somebody who bases your entire social life online or in person or your entire creative output, if you are not somebody who bases that solely on hating Jodie Whittaker, Chris Chibnall, and the current people working on Doctor Who right now, then that tweet wasn't aimed at you. So you shouldn't be taking offence. Yeah. 
So there you so, go. It should if be. If you are that particular genre of YouTube creator where that's all you freaking do, alongside videos shitting on Brie Larson for breathing, then y'all can go fuck yourself. That's the thing as well, like, <laughs> like plain and simple. That's... And also, I'm sorry. Like they should have the free speech. Yeah, so should I. So shut the fuck. Yeah, free up. speech isn't. God, fandom annoys me. Free sorry, speech <laughs> is it's the right to say things. It's not the right to be listened to or yes. like have it matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but freedom, you know, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence. Cool. You said, well, you're pissing and moaning. Yeah, we are. Yeah. About certain things. There you go. But I th- it's not It's not all we do. Let's be honest. I, I, tr- I think yeah. we try and stay yeah. a bit more positive than, than some other yeah. shows out there. And also... We, we like things like... Um, that one thing. Uh, cheese. Cheese, you like cheese. I like cheese. Um, cheese is great. I just don't think we burp cheese that is fun. much. I know we fart. Well, I fart a lot, but I don't think we have that many burps. Oh, they must have. They're listening to it with the burp, uh, a burp audio descriptive uh, uh, option. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why we keep doing yeah. those. Like, it's, I'm not sure who it's for, but hey. Um, next one. We don't, even, we don't even upload them to YouTube or SoundCloud. We just put them in a in a on a USB stick and stick it in a book. Yeah, it's just, and it just appears on the internet. Um, <laughs> it's the dead drop. Um. So this one uh, comes in from a long time emailer, long time listener, long time correspondent Tom Monte, and he and he says, in his uh, in his own inimitable way, in his sonorous yes. drawl, um, dear Chris and Matt. Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing the voice this time. The voice. Uh, <laughs> thanks, because it takes twice as long to do the voice. <laughs> Quite frankly, sign off with the voice and I'll, sign off with the voice, and I'll give you a shiny. All penny. right, okay, I'll do that next year when it's, when it's safe, safe to give to you give a penny. penny. Uh, thanks for the advice you gave me last time on how to tackle classic Doctor Who. I'm going by the list of serials you recommended to get through the Heartland Troughton area. Try Troughton era, not area. Sorry, I misread the Trout. The Trout area, area is a very different thing. Um, and I must <laughs> say, I've been enjoying it more than I was. The main reason I'm watching it is because I've been meaning for a very long time. But I've always just struggled to get through the earlier stuff. But I think once I get to Pertwee, I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. I do, to be fair. Um, I love me some John. It's my favourite era. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Tom guy, but I, I, like, to, I like John a lot. Um, as someone who's so seasoned in New Who, I can recall the title of any episode just from this series and episode number. Um, I just think it's kind of silly not to watch what New Who is based on, considering this decade's worth of content for a show that I once loved. Also, as someone who's not a huge fan of the current incarnation of the show i feel like now's as good a time as ever to delve into the depths of classics to hopefully reignite the love that i once had it's fair um anyway in my last email i said i was watching dalek invasion of earth and since then i've got to power of the daleks i didn't realize susan left so early on in the run uh, and it was kind yeah. of a weird exit with the Doctor closing the TARDIS door and his own granddaughter and leaving her in a post-apocalyptic future version of Earth with a man who's asked her to marry him after only knowing her for a few days and not even giving her a proper goodbye. It all felt very rushed. But I didn't enjoy seeing that famous one day I shall come back speech in context. Um, yeah, it is a bit weird, the ending to that. But that happens a lot, particularly in the early days of the show where they're like, okay, we because there wasn't really like overarching character development for a lot of the people on it. Oh, no. So you yeah. just got like, oh, we, this person's got, he's leaving. Okay, well, they're, they're done. I mean, what about Dodo's exit in War Machines? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, she just, she's sick. 
oh, she's better now, but she's not coming back. <laughs> it's fucking great. So yeah, she's not she's not coming back. She decided to not come back. Um, all right, whatever you say. Um, so what were your thoughts on Susan's exit? Did she come back at any point in the classic run? Um, she... C- is it the real Susan in Five Doctors, or is it like a illusion? It is her. Yeah. It is her. But they don't. They don't. Yeah. Like, they don't touch on anything where else. She's been like what she's been up to since. Why she's dressed like um, someone going to the Rovers' return in a late eighties episode of Corrie. Mm. Like they don't. They don't really get into it at all. Um, she's just like as soon as she gets dragged to that place, and she immediately she says begins looking for her grandfather because she's like she knew he must be here. Like. The circumstances such the sort of thing that they would have on one of their old adventures. So she's like, I, I knew I had to find you. Yeah. And here you are. And you're like, okay. It just all right. it, And that's kind yeah, of Yeah, it. it's it feels like they She twists her ankle and there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's Susan. Uh but yeah, I think I think we covered our thoughts on Susan's exit pretty well, unless you have anything to add. It's 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 sweet and kinda of like wait, is it that comes it? out of nowhere, sort but of it's it, quite really. sweet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she gets replaced in the next story, so it's fine. Um, surrogate <laughs> granddaughter. Um, I, I come in, Vicky. <laughs> Your time is up. Uh, thoughts on Susan as a companion? I honestly didn't really like her. She didn't do much apart from open the TARDIS doors and screamed every time she was in danger. Welcome to classic Who. Um, particularly <laughs> the black and white years. Um, yeah, it's, I don't hear her as a companion, but she, she's there for the younger kids yeah. watching it in the sixties. Like she's there. F- to be the closest to their age to make them go, oh, that could be me. I could be going on those adventures. Although, That's kind of her role. Yeah, but she's too kind of yeah. smart and alien to be a true audience surrogate. Relatable. Oh, sorry. In that sense. Um, the, the characters at her absolute best, funnily enough, in the in episode one, where she's yeah. the focal point of, this yeah. kid's really odd, isn't she? Like, and never really she get seems like that, really stressed sadly. out and scared. Let's, let's go. We need, let's go talk. Apparently she lives with her grandfather. Let's go talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. We never really, we never really get back into that, but she's, she's sweet enough. I think Caroline Ford gives the character a lot of why, a lot of the, the traits yeah. that made people like Susan. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think the writing does her any favors because I think, and this is a, like, a, like I alluded <clears> to, this is kind of a problem with a lot of the early writing on the show is <laughs> it's just a bit yeah. oh screamy screamy run away ah, there's a thing here. Well, everyone has nuance but it's but it's more so yeah. coming from the actors than it is yeah the definitely the script's feel a bit one-dimensional particularly for the female characters the female companions mm. um they're very damselly in distress at least until um oh god Sort of, sort of yeah. Liz, really. I mean, I Liz mean, you know, Zoe and Victoria and you know, Vicky and, and, and Polly and like, you know, they, they all have their moments, but it's 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 only really yeah. when um, Liz Shaw comes along. Yeah, the things that, and then Joe is kind of set up to be almost a a, a parody of what you're expecting yeah. the character to be like, and the idea is that yes, she's a bit off at it she's a bit ditzy she's not the sharpest tool in the shed but it's, she's probably the first but, companion to have a proper journey yeah she, she's endearing and you can see her fighting spirit and the yeah. doctor like reluctantly at first is like well maybe i'll work with her a bit longer and then over time it's like no these two are like these two are peas in a pod like yeah. they absolutely get on now um and then sarah jane sort of defines what the role could be for everyone yeah. like she fu- she plays every function of the companion 
um, in a way that's really, really brilliant. And it's a kind of a template going forward for that's how we need to do it. Yeah. Which is why, which is why the fifth Doctor's era just doesn't really appeal to me because it's like, does he like any of these people? <laughs> just get stuck with them. What is going on? Like, why? It literally so just bizarre. gets stuck with them. So um, bizarre. But I'm sure we'll get to that yeah. at some point in the future. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom goes on to say, I enjoyed the first Doctor. I think that my favourite story of his was The Tenth Planet, despite the final episode being animated. Well, you can only do with what you can, can't you? You can only work with what you got. You, um, you have to go with what <laughs> is available. You must play it with it. chance, maybe. It was nice. I love how the Cybermen talk in that story. Yeah, I, I freaking love I it. Um, I love it. I also love how that's the first time the Doctor ever encounters them. But then we've just watched the five Doctors. And in that, it's like, you know, the Daleks and the Cybermen were always forbidden from the death zone. Hang on. Hang on. What? Hang on. Um, Hang on, motherfucker. You discovered both of them. It was nice. <laughs> like, what? It was nice to see them on Dazzy and Cybermen. <laughs> I also liked the Romans. Nero chasing Barbara around the palace was very entertaining. I always imagined the, the first Doctor to be a grumpy old man from all the clips I've seen of him in the past. But after watching his time on the show, I was pleasantly surprised. I love his little high-pitched laugh he always does. And I must say... <laughs> No offence to David Bradley, I now understand the backlash that Twice Upon a Time's portrayal of the first Doctor got, but I think now might be a good time for me to rewatch an adventure in space and time. What is your favourite Hartnell story and why? Ooh. But before we answer that, I'll finish the email. Um, now that I'm on <laughs> Troughton, uh, I never realised how much of his tenure is missing. Yeah, it's fucking tragic, man. Mm. From my adventures in Classic Who, my main goal is to get a good feel for each Doctor. Ooh, sure. Ugh. So that I make a bigger ranking of them all at the end. From the list you gave me, Power, Tomb, Web of Fear, Invasion, War Games, do you think that they will be enough for me to have a nice understanding of who the second Doctor is? Yours, Tom Monty. Monty. So first off, favourite Hartnell story? Um, Aztecs. Aztecs is fucking great. Love the Aztecs. Aztecs is really love, good. Love, 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 love. Did we not mention Aztecs last time? <clears throat> I think we did. I think we if did. We didn't. But that's that's. If to we me, didn't that's mention Aztecs, Tom, and you skipped Aztecs, go back and watch Aztecs. It's <clears throat> fucking great. Um, I can't believe we didn't mention it last time. No, uh, Tiltoxel is the villain, and he's one of the first of a sort of small handful over the original run who deliver a line. To oh, camera. he loves it. The Tuxel. Oh high my god! I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten about that bloody. Um, uh, Auntie Mabel from Come Outside as the uh, pirate captain in uh, in Enlightenment. I forgot that uh, she gets a bit yeah. she just randomly just delivers it down the barrel of the camera and you're like, uh, oh, oh, um, Enlightenment's so good. I love Enlightenment. It is. It's great. Um, it's great. It's a bit sort of like, what the fuck is happening by the time of the last episode? But the, the premise is brilliant. Yeah. We're Eternals and we're bored. So we steal people from civilizations and we have races and we decide that our spaceships are going to look like whatever race they're from yep. and we have a fair race and it'll be a laugh and this time the piratey one's like yeah no son that I'm going to shoot everyone else down <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay and the big um, crystal that makes my head floaty um yeah oh god uh, oh my god but those spacesuits though those spacesuits yeah, are amazing nice. um so uh the Aztecs um the rescue and the Romans back to back is a yeah. really fun pair. Well, Tom mentions and, enjoying and the Romans. It, it, that's Romans that's six episodes total, so that's yeah, yeah that's a good. The, Ro- a duo the rescue to watch. I can take or leave, but the Romans I like a lot. 
Oh, come on, Coquitlian. He's amazing. Don't. And that set at the end of the rescue, that that set that they use for three minutes, like the temple, it's like the biggest set they've used so far, the biggest set they've constructed for the show. Yeah. And it's in it for it's in it for three minutes and then they bugger off. <laughs> You're like, oh. So they nicked it from somewhere right. else. <laughs> they Probably, borrowed it maybe from it another sci-fi at, film or something that was, that was Maybe it was someone else at Elian or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they were just like, Can we have you if we bring this like table and this bit of fake stone working can we use your giant cavern please <laughs> yeah sure why not um, come on in i don't think any of the um, Arnold dalek stories are really that good they're all too long worth a watch but not the like the chase uh, is not worth a watch <clears throat> having now watched it i can heartily say the chase is how not worth dare a you watch. Jeez, marry celeste dire. empire state oh, building pants mate weird fun house that makes no sense it's not it's not even good. With Dracula, Dracula dubbed because his teeth are too big, so he can't speak around them, so he's dubbed. All the shit with the Doctor's robot double is awful. The robot double! He's just flapping his arms, and then it's only heart on the close so ups. inconsistent. Um, like, oh, my God, I love it's it. It's not good, man. It's not good. Ian and, Bar- Ian and Barbara's exit is brilliant. Yeah, all right, brilliant. fair. Is, there is that. Because you, you can tell, knowing what we know now about Hartnell, we can tell that he's channeling the fact that he's pissed off they're leaving the show and leaving yeah. him. But at the same time, like, he's going to miss them a lot and he completely channels that into the I shall miss them, I shall miss them, at the end of the way he reacts to them leaving and then, oh, it's great. And it's joyous, the two of them laughing like absolute clowns on that bus <laughs> riding through London. When? And then the fact that Russell, Russell T. Davies put in London 1965 <laughs> and then Russell T. Davies in Sarah Jane Adventures puts that beautiful full stop on their story. Yeah. In Death of the Doctor, where he like he, uh, after they've met Joe Grant and had that adventure, like Rani asks Sarah Jane, like, so are there others out there? And she's like, yeah. And from time to time, you know, you look in the right place, you ask the right questions, and you learn about them. And she talks about these people she's heard about, like this woman called Tegan Javanka fighting for Aboriginal rights, and this woman called Dorothy who runs the uh, the organization for for Wayward Kids called the Charitable Earth. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. And the last one she says, and I, this is why every time Big Finish or Class or or the main show ever ever creep even remotely close to doing something with Ian now, yeah. I'm always like, pull the fuck don't, back. Don't do it. Don't do because it. Because Russell gave the perfect <laughs> PS to them in that. Because Sarah Jane says, and two school teachers, these are her words, I'm paraphrasing a little, but she says, two, and two school teachers, Ian and Barbara Chesterfield. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chesterton. Stop buggering me, yeah. Chesterfield. Yeah, I've turned it to Hartnell. Just Ian and Barbara Chesterton. So already that is like, wait, yeah. they did it? She says, um, uh, went missing for two years in the 60s. Some people say they haven't aged a day since. And that's such a weirdly kind of like, wait, huh? Like, there's no logical thing from the chase or whatever that no, would suggest no, no. that. It's just... But it just feels right for ian and barbara yeah that they're teachers somewhere they're married and allegedly they're exactly the same as they were when they got back from being missing for two years yeah and it might just be that they it might just be that they they never lost their like their youthful exuberance their love for life that they're still giggling like idiots but maybe they haven't aged and why is that? I don't know, but it just feels right for these two characters. It just feels like such a wonderful kind of like, that's their PS? Oh my god. <laughs> so, you know, I love that. I love that. You know they spent and, 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 all their time at the villa in, in the Roman shagging, right? 
That was all no, they, they did. They don't. That's they don't. They I'm did. not saying that as like, don't put six into Doctor Who. I'm saying they didn't because they figure out too late that that's what they should have been okay. doing. That's why she's combing his hair. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's the that's the first bit of, because keep in mind as well, 60s etiquette with each yeah, other. They're being very yeah. prim and proper with each other. And they obviously got to the point where they're like, oh, I'm going to comb your hair a bit. Oh, this is nice. A bit of physical. Co- oh, bollocks. Nero. Yeah. Oh, fucking Nero. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on a slave ship and you've been captured by the Emperor, by the bloody Caesar. Oh, God. <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, is that, are those stories we gave Tom enough to get a sense of, Troughton, I think so. Those, I think, I absolutely like, like you think say, there so. isn't that much. Like the only real full stories you can add. To, oh, I suppose you can add Enemy of the World, but I've not seen that <clears> since it was recovered. So I like it. I couldn't. I really like it, but I wouldn't say, say it, about that. I, I wouldn't say it's essential viewing for Pat. Uh, out of the two that were found in that batch, Web of Fear is because yeah, yeah. it's just it, it's a great idea of him. It's a sniff at what will happen. Yeah, later that and the invasion sort of becomes a thing, helping to sort of settle. Like the, yeah. Because Webb's the first thing. appearance of, of Lethbridge Stewart yeah. and, and uh, the Yeti in the underground is a very, it's sort of very close to, especially if you've grown up with Modern Who, it's a very Modern Who kind of story. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's here's a day-to-day thing, although in this, like, they come back and London's a bit, it's been sort of evacuated, hasn't it? Yeah. Sort of, like, barren, but it's like, you know, something's happened while they've been away. So like Invasion of the Dinosaurs, I might be getting them confused, but it's sort of like, you know, they get back and it's like, oh shit, and it's something in the underground. So we're going to find out what it is. And it's also a uh, a sequel to a story you can't see in its complete form. Yeah. So yeah. it's the best version of the Yeti you're going to get. And if you're aware of the modern series, hey, you're going to get to see the second and... The second and until series seven in the modern era, the last appearance of the Great Intelligence. Oh. So... You know, like, and you will learn that this, even though the Snowmen apparently takes place chronologically before the two Yeti stories for the Great Intelligence, yes. you realize that oh shit, the reason it even does this thing on the underground is because in the Snowmen, like that the whole lunchbox thing in that with the London Underground, on yeah, it, it's like it, it's it's like oh that's a neat little bit of thing, uh, neat little bit of setting up in cool. the modern era for like, and that's why it targets the underground. It's like oh, okay. that's quite good. Um. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think those five was it five? Power to Power. web invasion and war games. Yeah, yeah. Two because what all war... you really need for, for the longest time, the only Patrick story I had was Tomb. And it's a damn yeah, good story. And that was just after it was recovered. Like, um, yeah. I think that's yeah, five good because because what what you're missing for the stories you're not watching is some really good moments but a lot of dragging and that's not yeah. that's not the stories being bad that's just pacing and television there's, being there's a lot of six part stories in that era so if you want a sample of what that's like watch the war games yeah. cuz the first like five parts are amazing the next couple parts are great but it starts to feel a bit saggy and you get to experience that oh for Christ's sake what's going on and then all of a sudden 9 and 10 happen and you yeah. go oh yeah and it suddenly picks the fuck up with a really kind of like, oh my God, like monumental moment for the show at that the point. The book is so um, long, but I really like <clears> it. It's the second longest, third longest? How many is the Chase? No, Chase is only six. Chase is mm. six. Dalek Master Plan's 12, 12. Plus Mission into the Unknown, but obviously it's not possible to do all of that anyway, unless you do an audio version or whatever. Yeah. Um, Why would you? <laughs> why would you <laughs> I don't know 
Why would you watch that Marco Polo reconstruction shot in the, the modern I had caravan? to know. All right? I had to know. <laughs> I won't be doing it again anytime soon. Oh, God. Sweet Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Young Jeezy, take the wheel. Um... <laughs> All right, last one comes in from Dan. Dan, Dan, the fan theory man, says, Hello, large Dan Edcast. <laughs> Matt! <gasps> With an exclamation mark and everything. What are your thoughts on the idea that Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? <laughs> Say mother fricking what? There's a really interesting theory by Rhino Stew on YouTube. I can't remember it all, but some of the ideas are... Willy Wonka specialises in two things, state-of-the-art food production and new methods of transportation. He does this in a factory that is completely sealed off from the rest of the world. It's self-sustaining and isolated, much like the trade in Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yes. Charlie could have inherited Wonka Industries, perhaps becoming Wilford Wonka and uh, branding his company with a giant W like his pre- predecessor. That's Wilford, not Win- Win- Wilfred, so... But I get what you mean. Um, The reason... The reason the machinery on board the train is operated by children is because the umpalumpers, who would be small enough to operate that stuff, went extinct after the extreme climate change or could not reproduce. Wolford even mentions that an important part of the train's maintenance went extinct recently. Perhaps he told children as a replacement. This is for the film, which I have not seen. Ah. Children don't operate the machinery in the TV show. Uh... And also, yeah, so Wilfred must be... Well, obviously obviously, the TV show is the sequel to the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Tim Burton yeah. movie, whereas the the film is a sequel to the uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory classic yeah. film. Yeah, it's, it's not... come on, Matt. Jeez. It's not Wilfred in the, um, in the... In the... In the show, it's Wilfred. It's Mr. Wilfred. Uh, and... Ah. You don't see him. At least not so far. Um... Not yet. There's some more absolutely bonkers ideas in that video, so I highly recommend it. What do you think of the theory so far if you haven't seen the video yet? I haven't seen the video yet, and since I haven't seen the film, I'm not going to watch the video until I've seen the film. It should be streaming somewhere, right? I'll have to look it up. Um, Probably. I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix got it, just so there's more Snowpiercer-y things to keep you watching, to be fair. Uh, Do both of you have film theories you really like or really don't like the idea of? Goodbye, my dear! Dan. Um, uh, none that come to mind immediately, but I... one that I, one that I think is like fun, is the Pixar theory. Oh yeah, the that's idea quite, that they that's all take fun, place yeah, yeah. in the same like universe times, over a span of yeah. of centuries, uh, but only because I like the fact that every time a new one comes out, people have to then go right. How do we adapt the theory? Now? Like Legend of Zelda. Where does it yeah. go on the timeline? Yeah. Um, I don't get it. Maybe that. But like that's maybe, kind of part of the fun. Maybe of it. it doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it just goes anywhere. Um, also, the cl- the classic one is Won- Willy Wonka is a serial killer. Yeah, but it's completely sort of like doesn't make sense because don't you see the kids after the events? The- oh no, you don't in the original, do you? No, you don't see the bratty kids afterwards. You okay, only see so them in the theory- weird fucking with like the weird flat. Um, deduced what's her name in uh, in the in the Tim Burton one. 
Yeah. Oh, oh in that one, you yeah. see, like, it's like, oh, yeah, they all survive, but, like, in the gym. They're all but... horribly disfigured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've always thought that's a fun film theory, because it's like, wait, what? What the fuck? Hang on. Hey? What? Huh? Um, oh, no. I can't Come back. I... No. The... <laughs> <laughs> we are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Um, I... I can't think of any others off the top of my head that I'm like, um, oh yeah, that's a thing. There's none that none that springs to mind. I I have a general dislike of of like film theories in general because uh, I'm all for speculation, but some of them just go so far off the beat, or like are so worried about what they have to bend and twist to make it fit their own personal idea that they just stop enjoying the actual yeah. thing. Um, I think if it's done in fun, if it's done in, in like a, all right, so yeah. I had an idea. What do you think of this? Like, that's fair enough. But like when it, like the Star Wars ring theory is one where I'm like, that's kind of, like, really? I don't think, I think but, but halfway through you analyzing it is when you should have gone, actually, which, no, this doesn't which really work. The Star Wars ring theory, was, it was theory based around the, the, the saga as it was when the theory was written. So the original films and the prequel yeah. trilogy. And the idea is that it's the films because George is all about like poetry and 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 like things matching up. But their suggestion is he's using an ancient storytelling technique, which was devised by like the ancient Greeks, which is not um, your linear, straightforward three act structure as it appears to be. Despite it. despite like... the fact that, despite the fact well despite the fact that nineteen seventy seven Star Wars is blatantly like hit the hero's yeah, journey yeah. like three act structure like that that is what it yeah. is. But they're suggesting that, like, so it's a circle, and you first put so it's a, it's a circle with six points around, like a clock, but it was six points. At point at point like two, um, uh, sorry, at point one or two, whatever, basically like a third of the way in is uh Star Wars, yeah, and the film it actually connects to when you circle it round is Phantom, no, sorry, not Phantom, uh, Revenge of the Sith. And it's sort of so um, they are actually a bookend. They're a reflection of each other uh, and all this sort of stuff. And you're like, OK, but when they have to start, basically, if you want if you want an explanation of it, that sort of examines like how it works, simplified, but also sort of very openly mocks the fact that you really should have stopped when you started creating rings within rings. Yeah. Um, give the give the Red Letter Media video uh, a, a Mr. Plinkett's review of The Force Awakens. I watch. can't watch Mr. Plinkett stuff. I hate it so much. I quite, I quite like the Plinkett Force Awakens one just because um, like the first 40 minutes of it is him just talking about like what fans projected onto what they wanted the movie to be like years before they even knew it was happening yeah and, and what george what george would have wanted and the fact that one day he was like no there's not gonna be an episode seven not by me not by anyone like not fussed about it and all that and then the last sort of 40 minutes is you know the character of plinkett obviously mike stolcaster uh, stolcaster's review of it through the character is talking about like the stuff you like the stuff you didn't really care about but it's fine whatever like sure people enjoy like it's the one plinkett review that kind of ends with like well, people enjoyed it, so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like fine, um, and and there's a there's a running plot throughout it. There's no serial killer plot, but he his fan breaks down and his armchair breaks down. So a fan repairman and armchair repairman show up, and they're clearly George Lucas and JJ Abrams okay. preemptively go preemptively arriving to murder okay. him. Okay. <laughs> um, 
it's it's yeah it's it's fun i like that one i do enjoy that one um even the last jedi one like he really didn't care for the last jedi but he ends it with like i think this is where i get off do you know yeah. what i mean it's like, i'm not like i'm i'm fine now yeah like it's not for me anymore and they have said like, as recently as a few weeks ago on twitter i think it was uh jay said that yeah they have no plans for a mr plinkett rise of skywalker review so it's like good like sure like st- don't do it if you if you're just gonna hate making it like don't bother um but they they do a really good in their force awakens mr plinkett video they do a really good like assessment of the ring theory and what it is uh, simplifies it and boils it down <laughs> there's one film theory that i did like because it was proven to be to have weight to it yeah which was people were speculating that heath ledger's joker in the dark knight was a uh military man uh who was left oh, to die yeah yeah um, yeah and the belief the, the reason for that was uh so he's mutilated either self-mutilated or someone else has done it that's where the scars come yeah. from uh he has inc- an incredible tactical mind like he's, he's not he's you know he's not just pulling plans out of his ass he's spontaneous a couple times but he sets stuff up like the you know the hostage situation with the boats the heist at the beginning is like perfectly planned within an inch of its life relying on people making decisions that they clearly are just making react you know reactively in the moment but he's already he's already anticipated that's the decision they're going to make and and all that sort of stuff and you know the line of school buses like it's so precise his his knowledge of tactical military grade hardware uh, the way the dude can fire off a bazooka like it's no big thing. Um, just like all these little kind of, you know, he's no fingerprints. Mm. Like yes. they have no data on this yeah. guy at all. Um, you know, just all these things. Like he's, he obviously is a competent surgeon because he sews the cell phone bomb into the guy's stomach. Like it's like this. This guy is very handsy. And then there's lots of references, like the whole, you know. Uh, a truck full of soldiers blows up. Nobody panics. Yeah, yeah. Just say one, and it's like, ah, oh, okay. And there's a few other little things here and there, like these nods to you know, and the whole like, you're crazy. No, I'm, I'm not. And you can see he's kind of like, no, shut, shut up. Like he, it's not, you know, it's not somebody with with uh, you know, sort of. It's, it's not it's not your typical Batman villain who's just upset that someone's calling them crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's someone going like, no, seriously, don't. Don't mistake what I'm doing for fucking nonsense, and and the clown paint is literally a cl- it's, it's just mocking people. It's war paint. He's wearing a clown face because he's like, this is fucking hilarious, isn't it? It offsets you. It's you know all just mm. all these little things. And you're like, that's kind of cool. Mm. And then the I've got I've got got it in in our little coffee table book like shelf in the living room. Yes. Uh, it's, it's called the Dark Knight trilogy, um, and it's just it's like a compendium, a guide of behind the scenes stuff, and some stuff that's like in character, you know, documents from the world of the films, you know, like Selena Kyle's rap sheet and things like that. And one of them is a profiling of the Joker, and in that they talk about how military mind, like there are certain black ops units that would have to go super deep undercover like to the point of their their life outside of of the military being completely erased and covered up like all these sorts of things and it's kind of like so if they went in with that in mind when they were crafting this version of the character 
And then people have picked up on these things. Yeah. I think this theory might be right. Yeah. I think this theory might be correct. Yeah. Because, you know, he's he's clearly in his sort of like mid-30s, late-30s at a push. Like he's quite a young take on the character, all things said and yeah. done. So he was probably doing, you know, Afghanistan or Iraq, like at the turn of the millennium. It helps. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's the, the timeline lines definitely up. Definitely one of the things that Christopher Nolan would go for because it, it helps root it in reality. Um, because I'm not making a movie about, I'm not making a comic book movie that feels like a comic book because I'm a serious filmmaker. <laughs> But but that's why he still feels like the Joker yeah. in a way yeah. because he's so different to the criminal element that has been established in Begins, and he really isn't about the money. Like he doesn't give a shit about the reward. He's here to just make a point mm. that he feels like needs to be made, and then he'll bugger off, and he's done his work. Like that's all he wanted. Yeah. I, I I mean even at the end of it, he probably just hand himself in or whatever. Just like yeah, sod it, take me in. Like I've done what I wanted to do. I'm sorted, mate. And that's, you know, that's very Joker. You know, introduce a little chaos, upset the established order and all that stuff. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's what the Joker does. Strong. That's what the Joker does. Um, He's a creepy clown criminal and he puts everyone on edge. He's a military dude who sets fire to the money and puts everybody on edge and he wears clown face. There you go. (laughs) Boom. Done. Done. There we go. Um, And there we go. For another episode of the Big Damn <gasps> Cast, the only no! the only podcast in the internet where you can get your weekly fix of burps, moaning, and calling some people extremely rude words. Yeah, I was just going to say your only podcast on the internet. Yeah, we're the only one. Clearly, yeah. this we're the only one. There are no others. Don't look that up. <laughs> there are no others. There are no others. Chris. Wait, wait, no shit. Except for out of the broom cupboard. Listen to that as well. Oh god. Chris, where can people find us? They can find us on Twitter at Big Damn Cast. They can find us on Twitch, Big Damn Stream. They can find us on YouTube, the Big Damn Channel. Oh, yes. And they can also support the show for as little as one dollar per meon for access to the Discord server and other perks at patreon.com slash big damn cast. Yeah, that's that's where you can find us. So that's that that's, that's, a, that's a thing. That's it, that's the show. Pretty concise. We're done. Yeah. We're done with Big Damn Cast. It, it's so big. It's so big. I think you're lying to us again. I think you're lying to us. But whatever. Bye. It's so big. 